with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chen is brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. Good morning, 806 here on the all-new This Morning with Stacey Brotzel, Daryl McIntyre, Morley, too. Morley will be jumping back in with us here in just a little bit. So we have had our tongues firmly planted in cheek when we talk about the new Valley LRT <laughs> line finally opening. It's uh, due to happen on November the 4th. It'll be on a Saturday just to get things rolling. Three, almost a full three years after it was supposed to open. But, okay, it's finally opening up. Yeah. It's we we were talking yesterday, Stacy, just about some of the stations and just it's like the infrastructure on this particular line is 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 visually pretty impressive. Yeah, especially just just down the street from us, that seventy fifth Street um, uh, station. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, it's up there. It's all it looks all big city. It is big city, uh, even though we do, of course, live in a relatively big city uh, for Canada anyway. But you know what wasn't late? The art. <laughs> the art. I've seen a couple of the pieces of art because art decorates each one of the stations. Mm-hmm. And I've seen them, you know, the one at the Matart um, station, the flowers on the top. Yeah. They've been there for a while. So, you know, it's almost like an art gallery tour. Not only is the LRT new, but so is the art that you're going to be seeing at each of the stations. David Turnbull, he's director of public art at Edmonton Arts Council. Good morning, David. Hey, good morning. How are you both doing today? Pretty well, thank you very much, on a, on a Thursday morning. And again, we'll take the tongue-in-cheek part and set it aside. I'm curious, once <laughs> once the service actually begins on the 4th, is there some of the art that we wouldn't have been able to see from outside that we will have uh, be able to see, that will then be accessible uh, to Edmontonians? You know what? I, I'm just off the top of my head. I'm sorry. It's early in the morning. It's Got snowy. It. I'm a little discombobulated this morning <laughs> listening to the traffic report, too. <laughs> There's that. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, it's going to be amazing to ride the LRT. If only I had that on my route to work every day. That would be fantastic. Um, yeah, it's not necessarily that you, you'll be able to see new art um, that you haven't been able to see either by as a pedestrian or on a bike or, or passing by on uh, in your car. But you're going to get a completely different perspective of the art with the stations open. Uh, you're going to be immersed within some of the art, within some of those uh, platform stops along the line uh, where the, the art is actually the glass. You're, you're basically going to be inside the artwork. Um, Davy Station or uh, the, the big station up on 75th up by Argyle Road, um, you're going to feel like you're inside of it. And so your perspective of everything, of all of the art, is going to be completely different from what we've seen for the last uh, year, year and a half uh, since the artwork's been installed. And every art piece completely different. So there's statues, there's you know paintings, there's mosaics. There, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. There's we've metal got, art. We've got, uh, oh, we've got so much variety along this line. It's bonkers. Yeah. Tell us about a few of them, uh, some standouts that people should watch out for. Sure. Well, one of my, uh, actually, I I hesitate to say one of my favorites, but I've got so many favorites, um, not just favorites that are along this line uh, from this whole selection of LRT art, but these are now some of my favorites within the entire city. Um, You know, David Garneau's artwork um, uh, on the underside of the Tawadna Bridge um, of over 500 paintings that he and a number of other artists that worked with him have created, all based on stories of the the region, of the flora, the fauna, the history of the area. 
Um, and and David Garneau, of course, has roots within the city. The Garneau neighborhood is named after his family. Um, so that is a uh, that's one of my favorites. I love that one too because that one's been open for a little while, and so that pedestrian walkway below where the where the rails run, we've been able to see that for a little while now, and and I've seen nothing but great reviews. People just walking along, looking up. Oh, it's it's phenomenal, and every and the the, the wonderful thing about that one is that every time you you bike across there or walk across there, or this summer I was finally able to take advantage of you know going down the river in an inflatable kayak and seeing it from from the river. You see something completely different every single time, and you swear there are paintings there now that weren't there the week before, right? I mean, so that is a, mm. for me, that is a big, big piece, uh, very significant artwork in our city as well. Um, the other one that was recently installed, actually, uh, just last week, and we were holding off until um, we we heard that uh, all of the uh, line was going to be up and running soon, is an artwork called Helios, and it's by a Toronto-based artist named Max Stryker. Mm-hmm. He's also originally from Edmonton. Um, but now living in Toronto, and this is a uh, this is uh, an inflatable. Um, so it's got a fan motor, or a fan attached to a motor, uh, blowing inside of it. So it's an inflatable of a series of horses called Helios hanging from the ceiling. Um, so that one I've only seen pictures of. I haven't even had a chance to get down out of the office and go see it in real life yet. But from what I've seen, it is it is phenomenal. I'm really excited about that one as well. Uh, I've got one that I just, I had not seen it before. So this is at the uh, the stop in Avonmore by an artist by the name of Paul Freeman, and it's called Hijinks. And this, oh, yeah. this just, it makes me smile. So I don't know what anybody else wants art to do, but it should move you, it should do something to you. This one just makes me smile and laugh, and I get a kick out of it. It's basically a huge golden and white stag in full leap with the biggest... Smile on his face. Grin on its face as it yeah. looks at you. Yeah, and I, I love Paul's work. I think these are these are fantastic pieces, and he draws inspiration. You know, a lot of these artists actually drew inspiration from the community. They drew inspiration from the, the neighborhoods that their artworks were going to be in, um, the nature that, that was surrounding them. Yeah, on they this one, it's right next to Mill Creek Ravine, so there is a, there is a natural, you could, might expect to see a deer in Mill Creek Ravine. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and I don't, I don't know, you know, animal history. I don't know how much deer frolicked and played, you know. <laughs> In, in nature before before the cities arrive, but, but it is. It's. I mean, there's nothing wrong with pieces that just make you make you smile, right? Like that's that's part of what art does for our everyday experience. I think that's part of what the what the magic of public art is. Is it doesn't need to be the same kind of art that you you see in a museum or a gallery. Um, it doesn't doesn't devalue it at all. It, it it means that it's got a completely different function when it's in the public because you've got a completely different kind of audience and and levels of exposure. And so you can hit on serious things. You can hit on things that are topics that are not as serious as well, and and really just tug at people's heartstrings as well. And Make you mentioned something memorable. You mentioned that uh, this art almost coordinates with the stations and the area of the city in in, in which they land, I guess. I guess the quarter stop in uh, Chinatown, there's, um, mm-hmm. I, it looks like metal art, so in traditional Chinese calligraphy, um, yep. the Chawatna Bridge, as you mentioned, First Nations art, and of course the Matart, where there's beautiful yep. 
looks like metal flowers. Mm. So it really was tailored. Did you put out, when you put out requests uh, for art, did you say, well, this is, it's right by the Matart, so it has to have some sort of a floral or a, a plant theme? Well, we, we didn't actually say that, you know, because of the location, it had to have one thing or another. Um, one of the things that we were really interested in working with the artists on was community engagement and community involvement and neighborhood involvement. So we have some where there, things, things are a little more obvious, like the Matart and like the Quarters Chinatown stop um, that are very, very visually connected. And then we've got others that... Um, such as, um, oh, geez, I just want to take a look at my notes here. <laughs> you know, the, the whole area, Bonnie Dune, yeah. <laughs> kind of forget about but <laughs> I, I can't remember which stop is which. But um, the Bonnie Dune um, is a fascinating one, and this is a local artist of uh, Oksana Mavchen. And um, she did this uh, paintings of peonies, beautiful paintings of peonies uh, that then got reproduced into glass. And this was because this actually, that region of uh, Bonnie Dune, that area of the city, there were peony gardens at one mm. point. And, and it was the origin of peonies in, I think, in Western Canada um, as a peony farm. So, so. You know, and then she worked with kids from the local school there as well, I think from Rutherford School. So there are these connections that once you start digging under the surface of just what the visual is and those, those, those immediate connections, there's actually quite a bit more uh, beneath the surface that is there of the histories that the artists were digging into as well. David, can we keep you around? I have a couple of more questions about the value of public art. Of course, people are talking about the cost and whether of it course. is worth it and, and whether you're worried about some of these uh, pieces being vandalized. So can you stick around for just a few minutes? I'll be more than happy to. Excellent. Uh, it is 8.15. We're going to take a bit of a break. We're going to be back with David Turnbull, Director of Public Art from the Edmonton Arts Council. Morning with Stacy Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 6:30 Chat, presented by Abe's Door Service, with 24/7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. 8.18, and uh, we're joined by uh, the Director of Public Art for the Edmonton Arts Council, David Turnbull, joining us uh, this morning. Thanks, David, for sticking around through your uh, commercial break. Uh, Stacey, I had a few oh, more st- okay. uh, questions, and we were even just talking in the commercial break, because one of the first things that leapt to our mind was, uh, you know, some of the, the sculptures that are on top that are not really accessible, you can look at them, you can't really get your hands on them, but there are some that are accessible. I we. I worry about vandalism, the one specifically, the inflatables of the horses in the ceiling of a downtown station. Do you guys worry about that as well? Do you know if any kind of steps are being taken to try and protect some of these pieces? Oh, vandalism keeps me up at night when oh, it comes no. to public artwork. And, uh, oh, it's okay. I, I, I still sleep well. <laughs> but it is one of those things. We, we actually put, put all the artworks through a fairly rigorous test. Mm-hmm. Um, we're one of the few programs in North America, actually in, in, yeah, in all of North America between Canada and the U.S., that um, has uh, on-staff conservation um, and co- conservators on staff. So part of our collection services program within the public art portfolio um, has trained staff who really are well-versed in materials and researching materials and technologies. Um, One of the great things about public art is that there is no single material that is made specifically for public art. So 
So every piece is unique. Every piece is uh, kind of a new, almost experiment mm-hmm. in in some ways. Um, we know, you know, what's going to happen, you know, if a painted steel sculpture, you know, rusts over time or gets scratched, right? We know that we can buff things out. We know we can sand them. We know we can repaint them. Um, with something like the inflatables, we, we do also have uh, measures in place. We made sure that we we have extra material from the artist. We have an extra sculpture, actually. Uh, we've got it installed to a height that is makes it really, really difficult to uh, to attack. Um, and, and then we also put it through the ringer in our conservation lab as well. Uh, before anything goes ahead, so and and that's that's just part of the process that we do with every piece of public art. David, you know that there's there's some people on the text line saying, "I love public art. It, it's very European. I love going to other places in the world and seeing their public art, and and people will come here and see ours." But there's a lot of other um, people who said, "Why are we spending this much money? Why are we spending public mm-hmm. dollars on art for this LRT line?" And it's a lot of money uh, because this is a big budget project. So there's a percentage. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, and there's no denying that. Um, I think that in uh, in comparison to the overall line, it is not a lot of money. I mean, I would love to see two, three, four, five percent go towards public art. Um, you know, and I would question why we're not investing more into arts and culture, um, not just within the city, but across the province and across the entire country. You know, this is um, like what some of the people have texted in. You know, it's very European. These are memorable. When you travel, um, these are the things that you remember. These are the things that you go to see. These are the things that create civic pride and civic identity. Um, and it, it, it really it attracts people, kind of changes how you view the world. Um, even if we take something as contentious as Talus Dome, you know, when that first went in, we all know the price tag of $600,000 the amount of backlash that there was uh, when the artwork first went in. Still is, David, you know, still is. <laughs> it still is, of course, but within a year, you know, we had people beating down the door saying, when is that fence coming down? When is this piece going to be ready? We want to have our wedding photos taken here. We want to have our family pictures taken here. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's, it's almost like the, the ratios have flipped, right, from, from where we were 10, 12 years ago to where we are now. So, yeah, there is still always going to be that conversation around uh, use of public dollars but and and I think that public art is a uh, is an easy target for that because it is visible and because it you know doesn't necessarily do anything tangible um, it, it's there to affect you it's there to affect you in positive ways it's there to change how you view your city you know and and I I would guarantee there would be outlash if we took down Talisdome and I know that I'm Personally, I'm upset that that one's not on my commute every day. You know, I have very little public art on my commute into work. And, uh, but when I do drive by it, when I do cycle past it or go for a walk the dog and I see some of it, you know, it does change the landscape. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think of that as a citizen, not just as the public art director, right? And, and as an artist, I think these are things that contribute to our everyday quality of life. Yeah. Thanks, David, for joining us. Appreciate it. My pleasure. David Turnbull is Director of Public Art at the Edmonton Arts Council, and you know the people of Paris really hated that big sticky thing called the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) Hated it. Thought it was a colossal waste of money, and then, well, you know, 
it's, kind of grew it, on them. It, it's a thing now, I think, the Eiffel Tower. So uh, a lot of people complaining about uh, the public art. but uh, It gets you talking, doesn't it? It certainly does, sure which is kind of what art does. It is 823. You're listening to This Morning with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chad. And Daryl here for Mighty Millions Lottery because there is the deadline of midnight tomorrow night to get in on the early bird prize, the, uh, the brand new Porsche and uh, the trip to... Uh, the, to uh, the Caribbean. It's just not a huge trip. It's gorgeous. Or you can take cash. Take your pick. Plus, you're always in on the grand prize show home. Focus in on the fact that you're you're helping out the Stollery Children's Hospital, supporting our kids right here in our backyard and helping out a whole bunch of other kids all through Western Canada. Get your tickets at MightyMillionsLottery.com.